Hey family, this is Josh Eggerson. I want to thank you for tuning in to the Faith Restored podcast. Faith Restored is a local church with a global mission to reach the lost and teach the found. And it's our hope that the word you're about to hear today encourages you, inspires you, and builds your faith. If you'd like to learn more about Faith Restored, you can visit us on our website at faithrestored.church. Now let's go live into this week's message. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, if you still are not able to find it, uh, it's on the screen. And I'm going to read just one verse in your hearing. Hear the word of the Lord. It's verse 18. It says, in everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. In everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you. In Christ Jesus. I'm going to say it one more time. In everything. Somebody say everything. Give thanks. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. I want to preach for a little while using as a subject. There's always something. There's always something. Father, thank you for this time. Help us now in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. When I was a child, every now and then, I would find myself around the conversation of adults. And as they would talk to each other about their troubles, I would often hear them say, if it ain't one thing, it's another. And as a child, I never understood that statement. And sometimes I even found myself laughing when I heard them declare it in their frustration. But even as a child, I was often reminded by the village who raised me to keep on living. Because they understood that if I kept going to bed at night and waking up in the morning, eventually I would discover that this life that we live is not easy. And as a matter of fact, by the grace of God, I've been able to keep on living and I've discovered that that this life that we live is filled with all kinds of trouble. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Has anyone in the building lived long enough to figure out that no matter how hard you work to avoid drama and to stay out of trouble, that there's always something going on. Have you ever been in a season where you fixed one problem and then another problem popped up from a place where you were least expecting? Have you ever been so consumed with trying to navigate the hell and high water of life that you didn't even remember what it felt like to have a regular day? And even though you tried to fight it, your testimony has become like the older people around me in my youth. If it ain't one thing, it's another. You may be sitting here listening to me and you're not feeling me yet because your life has been easy and you really don't know what it's like to deal with disappointment, depression, and defeat in life. But there are some of us in the building who can identify with that prolific poet and protagonist of the Harlem Renaissance, Langston Hughes, when he declared, life for me ain't been no crystal stair. In other words, life for some of us has not been easy. We have had to live through messed up family situations and jacked up finances and toxic relationships and even the fruit of our own bad decisions. And on top of that, the devil is fighting us tooth and nail because he wants us to give up on God. And in spite of all of this hell, this pain and this drama that we have going on, the God that we serve has the audacity to challenge each one of us to give him thanks anyhow. God tells us, I know that you 
have pain. I know that you're dealing with difficulty. I know that it feels like the challenges of your life are insurmountable and there's no way you're going to be able to recover. But because I am God, I'm challenging you to look at the painful reality of your situation and give me thanks in spite of it all. And I'll be honest, if we look at our lives according to what we can see and what we can figure out with our minds, it would seem as if we don't have much to be thankful for. As a matter of fact, when we look at our neighborhoods and at our city and at our nation and when we look at the condition of our lives and how badly we wish that our situations were different, it would seem like a logical assessment to say that we have more to complain about than we have to be grateful for. And it almost seems insensitive of God to command me to live with a consistent attitude of thanksgiving, especially when he knows what I'm going through. But the genius of God is that he is not in the business of making us happy but he is in the business of making us better and the key to us having a life of joy and peace is developing the ability to thank God in every situation even when the situation seems to scream to us that there is nothing to thank God for the truth is that the adversity of our life then sometimes leads us into a pattern of complaining about the things that we have to go through and if we would be honest we'd have to admit that life is hard sometimes can I get a witness it's hard to live holy it's hard to honor God with your life it's hard to suffer well and to go through life's challenges without complaining but as Christians we are called to live in the reality that if we are in Christ meaning if we have placed our faith in Jesus Christ as Savior and yielded our lives to him as our Lord then no matter what we face because of Christ there's always something to thank God for God help me but the problem is because of our flesh it is often easier for us to complain about the problems in our lives instead of searching our circumstances for reasons to tell God thank you God help me Satan uses this tendency then that we have to complain about our situations or to become internally cynical or hopeless about our situations to prevent us from being blessed because the reality is God doesn't bless ungrateful believers. God help me. When God is looking for someone to bless beloved, God is not looking for a good person, a person who was on the honor roll in Sunday school. God is not looking for someone who knows all the scriptures, but God is looking for a person who will give him thanks even in the midst of the worst seasons of their lives. And the reason why many of us have not been able to enjoy the blessing of God is because we perfected complaining but we're horrible at thanksgiving God help me and if we're going to have the kind of year and the kind of lives that I believe God wants us to have then we must remember that if we are in Christ there's always something to thank God for and whether you know it or not beloved this is the message of our text Paul the apostle is writing to a church that he helped plant in the European city of Thessalonica and this city had strategic importance to Paul because it was from this city that Paul planned to launch a campaign to evangelize the entire continent of Europe and because this was going to be Paul's base of ministry operations Paul then gives special attention to making sure that the Thessalonian church understands their roles as Christ's representatives and in this letter Paul encourages them to know that if they stand up for God then they will be rewarded by God God help me let me say that again Paul tells them and tells us 
that if you stand up for God, you will be rewarded by God. And when we come to Thessalonians chapter 5, Paul is bringing this letter to a close. And in verses 12 through 22, he stops to give the people of God some rules of Christian conduct. He, he tells them how they should conduct themselves as people who believe in Jesus Christ. And while all of them are good and we should work to apply all of them that we find in verses 12 through 22, I want to draw in on a specific command that Paul gives in verse 18 that has captivated my attention. Because Paul says in verse 18, listen, in everything, give thanks for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Let me say that one more time. Paul tells them in everything, give thanks for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Paul tells the Thessalonian church and he's telling us that if you want to know God's will for your life as a Christian, here it is. No matter what the situation is, find a reason to give thanks. God help me. Everybody says they want to know God's will for their life and they want to know what God wants them to do and what God's will for their destiny is and Paul tells us that God's will is for you to be thankful. God help me. Now notice then that Paul doesn't say that the will of God for you is to start a ministry. That may be but that's not primary. Notice that Paul doesn't say that the will of God is for you to be rich and famous. It may be but that's not primary. Paul doesn't even say that God's will for you is to be a tither or to memorize the Bible or to know all the latest worship songs and speak in tongues and all of that is good and right and proper but the Bible says that if you want to be in the will of God the will of God for us who belong to Jesus Christ is that we develop the ability to tell God thank you in every kind of situation this is interesting because even though this is God's command to us it is impossible for us without the help of God and because God is so dedicated to our development he will let us sit in the place of pain and suffering and matriculate through the school of hard knocks until we realize that gratitude is the graduation requirement from adversity. God, help me. Oh, God. Gratitude is the graduation requirement for the university of adversity. If you want to come out of your trouble, if you want to come out of your pain, if you want to be delivered from your circumstance, gratitude is how you come out of it. So then maybe God is allowing us to experience adversity and not delivering us from it, but sustaining us in it so that he can develop thanksgiving in us that is not situational. Let me say that one more time. Maybe God is allowing you to experience adversity and not delivering you from it, but sustaining you in the middle of it so that he can develop thanksgiving in you that is not based on your situation. God, help me. The natural thing to do when things are easy is to, the natural thing to do is to be grateful when things are easy and to complain when things are hard. You know this. If you've ever seen a baby, a baby will teach you this. If a baby is happy, they'll laugh. If a baby needs something, they'll cry. If a baby is satisfied, they'll sit there quiet. If they need something or if they're upset, they'll begin to cry. And we do not lose this instinct as adults. As adults, we transfer it from being grateful to complaining based on the situations that we find ourselves in. It goes against our nature then not to complain. But in our complaining, what we fail to realize is that complaining 
meaning makes the problem the object of my worship. God help me. When I complain, I am taking the attention off of the attention or the glory off of God. And then I am illegally transferring it to my problems and therefore making my problems bigger than my God. This is why it's important to understand the difference, beloved, between praise and worship. Because praise is birthed out of my response to what God has done in my life. I praise God because he's done great things. And the problem with that is that depending on how bad my situation is, I may not be able to think about the last praiseworthy thing that God has done. But worship, beloved, is birthed out of a revelation of the worth of God. So while I praise God for what he has done, I worship God because he is valuable to me and the value of God is not lessened by what I'm going through. And God will let you go through adversity until you grow up to the place where you can be thankful in bad situations because now you understand that bad situations aren't bad because I've got a good God. God help me. I don't know who I'm preaching to but there's somebody who needs to understand that he's still good. Even in the midst of problems and heartache God's value does not change. Oh God let me help you. Uh, I was talking to one of my friends who recently went to Africa and the part of Africa that he went to is a place that is still rich in diamonds. It's one of the few places in Africa that colonialism did not ruin and strip of its natural resources. And he told me that while he was walking around, uh, there was a particular part of the country that he would look down in the dirt and see little things sparkling in the dirt. God help me. He would see things sparkling, Michelle, in the dirt as he was walking by. And he tried to walk up on those things and pull them out of the dirt. And the police and the escorts would not let him go down there and mess with those sparkling things in the dirt and and I asked him I said man what were those things in the dirt he said man those were diamonds down there in the dirt I said man and they were protecting those diamonds in the dirt he said yes because this will bless you he said because even though there were dirt on the diamonds the dirt didn't diminish the value of what was in the earth God help me and your situation does not diminish the value of God God said your situation might be dirty it might be messy it might be jacked up but what you're going through does not change who I am in your life if I'm good when it's sunny I'm good when it's cloudy if I'm good when the sun is shining I'm good when it's raining I'm still going to be good so then maturity beloved is made evident when you are able to give God thanksgiving in the middle of situations that in the past would have silenced your worship oh oh God let me help you Uh, maturity is made evident when you are able to give God thanksgiving in the middle in the middle right in the smack dab middle of situations that in the past would have kept you out of church kept your hands at your side kept your mouth closed oh God you're not just mature when you can quote scripture you're not spiritually mature when you can prophesy you're not spiritually mature when you can give big offerings you are mature when you become so satisfied with Jesus that it changes how you respond to adversity because spiritual people don't just quote scripture and flow in the gifts and give generously but spiritual people are the people who respond to God the right way in the time of trouble the problem is so many of us have become pimps who prostitute our worship to the highest bidder what do you mean pastor Josh whatever we feel the most is who gets our worship if we feel good then we give it to God if we feel bad 
bad, then we give worship to our situation and start complaining. But God says, I'm looking for a people that will give me the exclusive rights to their worship. God desires the kind of people who will say, if it's a good day, I'm going to thank him. If it's a bad day, I'm going to thank him because my worship is not for sale. God, help me. Y'all sang it earlier, but is there anybody here who can declare my hallelujah belongs to him? God, help me. I can't give my praise to anybody else. Nobody else deserves it. Nobody else is worthy of it. Nobody else brought me out like him. No one else has lifted me like him. No one has saved me like him. And I've got to decide that even in the midst of calamity, I'm not going to pimp out my worship based on my situation, but I'm going to give it to God no matter what happens. Uh, so then my ability to offer thanksgiving in every situation is fueled by my acceptance of the reality that my circumstances in life do not undermine my position in Jesus. So even if my situation is terrible, if I've got Jesus, then I've got something to thank God for. God, help me. We live, beloved, in a superficial and materialistic world. And because of this, I believe that we've lost the ancient Christian tradition of worshiping and rejoicing over the sufficiency or the enoughness, yeah I made up a word, the enoughness of Jesus Christ. We've become so caught up in this life and in its troubles that we've forgotten that we serve a sufficient Savior. A Savior who is able to cover every deficit and to fill every void in our lives. And this has birthed in us an attitude that tells us that we need Jesus plus something. Yeah, yeah we need Jesus plus success or Jesus plus some money or Jesus plus a good man or a good woman or Jesus plus a nice car and while all of those things are nice to have real believers are those who can look back over their lives and remember what Jesus saved them from and then look at their trouble and declare yes it would be nice for God to get me out of what I'm in and he is able but if he never does anything else for me he's already done enough for me to thank him for the rest of my life I wish I had some help in the building is there anybody here who believes that he's already done enough God help me he's already blessed me enough he's already made a way when I look back over my story and I think about all the things that God has done for me I remember how broken I was and how jacked up I was and how messed up I was and how wicked I was but I thank him that he looked beyond my faults and met me at the point of my need he picked me up when I was down and gave me another chance he watched me and though my sins were as scarlet he made me white as snow yeah so then Paul tells us in everything give thanks for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus he he literally tells us in every situation no matter what happens always be giving thanks because this is God's will for you who are in Christ Jesus. Uh, notice that Paul does not say for everything, give thanks. Because there are some things that will happen to you that you don't need to thank God for. Yeah, some things are the result of persecution and some things are the result of satanic attack and some things are the result of our own poor decision making. So Paul doesn't say for everything, give thanks. But he says in everything, 
give thanks. Meaning that no matter what you're going through, there's always something to thank God for. Paul tells us that situations change. You can wake up one day on top of the world and then go to sleep and wake up the next day and the world is on top of you. But Paul says, give God thanks anyhow. Paul says, give God thanks in everything. But notice also that Paul does not say that this is the will of God for everybody. Yeah. Paul does not say that this is God's will for everyone. Paul specifically says, hear it, that this is the will of God for those who are what? In Christ Jesus. God help me. Meaning, not everybody has the capacity to give a consistent thank you in the midst of an inconsistent life. But for those of us who are connected to Jesus, even though our situations might change, because of Jesus, we have things to be grateful for that never change. God help me. And because of this, beloved, we don't go through trials with the same attitude as those who are outside of Christ. Yeah, we don't struggle like people who are outside of Christ. But we struggle and go through differently because we are in Christ. God help me. Because our connection to Christ changes the truth about our trials yeah my position in Jesus changes the truth about my trial yeah because when I add Jesus to my trial my trial then has a different result that would have happened that would not have happened had I not been connected to Jesus God help me I feel like preaching we about to have church in a minute uh so then why this is the question why can I give God thanks in everything Number one, here it is if you're taking notes. Uh, I can give God thanks in everything because Christ is with me in everything. God help me. Y'all ain't come to have church. I, I said I can give God thanks, Brother Herman, in everything because God, Christ is with me in everything. God help me. We, we will go through trials and some of them are unavoidable, but the beauty of our lives is that we, because we are connected to Jesus, we never have to go through trials by ourselves. Christ is with us. God help me. Let me say it again. Christ is with us. And because Christ is with us, even when we are going through pain, we can tell God, thank you, because Jesus made a promise and said, I am with you always, even until the end of the age. And I believe that there were some witnesses here who have learned like Daniel in the lion's den or like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace that sometimes the blessing of our lives is not that God will deliver us from trouble but that he will step in trouble with you. God help me. As a matter of fact some of us don't need to just thank God for being with us. We need to thank God because after all we've done to frustrate the mercy of God when God should have left us God is still with us. God help me. Now you you might not be able to shout about him being with you but if you've messed up and had some dirt on you and done some stuff you shouldn't have done and slept with some folk you wasn't married to and did some dirt in your past and you know that God I'm not talking about BC before Christ I'm talking about since you've been on the winning side you've done some jacked up stuff and God should have threw you away but he held on to you and even when you try to get away he keeps on keeping you God is still 
with you. Uh, I can give God thanks in everything because Christ is with me in everything. But not only that, I can give God thanks. I can give God thanks in everything because Christ gives me victory over everything. God help me. Yeah. 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 God. God gives me victory. Christ gives me victory over everything. Our lives in Christ give us so much worth shouting about. One of the things that we should celebrate the most is the reality that Jesus is not fighting for the victory. But 2,000 years ago, he won the victory when he died and was resurrected by the power of God. Yeah, as a matter of fact, in John chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus tells his disciples something that blows my mind. He says, in this world, you will, it is inevitable that you will have trouble, but fear not because I've already overcome the world. God, help me. This is interesting because the word overcome is the Greek word Nike, which means victory. But it is not just victory, but it is a complete and total victory. In other words, when someone gets Nike victory, the things that they overcame never need to be overcome again. And if you are in Christ, his victory becomes your victory. Let me run that back because y'all didn't shout hard enough about that. The Bible says, Jesus says, I have already nike the world. I've already overcome it. Now I told you that Nike means what? Victory. But it is not just a simple victory. It is a total and complete obliteration of the other side. It means that the thing that got Nike'd over never needs to get Nike'd over again. The thing that God beat has already been beaten and it will never rise anymore. And if you are in Christ, then his victory is your victory, which means, beloved, that the thing is that is trying to get the victory over you, Jesus has already gotten the victory over it. And now your job is not to fight, but to hang in there until time connects with eternity, until Kronos meets Kairos and God presents you with the crown of life that he has promised to all those who love him. You don't get it yet. Because Christ has won and because Christ is a winner, God help me, you will win. Because Christ has beat it all, you will beat it all. Because Christ has overcome, we shall overcome. And is there anybody here who can say, I'm a winner because of Jesus? I don't care what you're going through. It might look like you're losing, but the fight is fixed, baby. The result has already been determined. You're just in the race to hang in there until victory comes into your present like it's already in the heavens. God is watching the movie that he's already seen the end of. You're in the middle of it. You don't feel like you're going to win because you got more bills than you got money because you're still taking antidepressants because you still got sickness in your body because you still got a little bit of uh, uh, wicked ways and gossip in you and promiscuity in you and lying in you and you feel like you have haven't gotten the victory but if you are in Christ what he got the victory over you got the victory over if you say in him that's why being in him is what's important you don't come to church to be yourself you come to church to get in him you didn't get saved to be yourself you got saved to be like Jesus and if you get in him then everything he has becomes what you have everything he's done becomes something you get to enjoy you get to enjoy the fruit of his labor 
not because you're in yourself and in your bag of feelings and in your emotions but you get to enjoy Jesus because you stepped out of yourself and got in Christ and is there anybody here who's glad that they're in Christ that because you're in Christ you got victory God help me that he changed is there anybody here I'm sorry that's glad to be saved that glad that he changed you glad that he touched you that you went to a meeting one night Lord have mercy I feel like preaching in your heart wasn't right but something got a hold of you yeah Devon I feel like preaching now uh yeah I can give God thanks in everything because Christ is with me in everything I can give God thanks in everything because Christ gives me victory over everything oh but then thirdly and I'm through I can give God thanks in everything because Christ uses everything to make me better. God, help me. Oh, God, I can give God thanks in everything. Because Christ uses everything to make me better. God, help me. I need to correct some bad theology here. Uh, because many of us believe that the reason we got saved was so that life would be easier. Yeah, we thought that if we gave our lives to Jesus and if we read our Bible and paid our tithes and served in a ministry that God would make sure that nothing bad ever happened to us. And many people have walked away from the church and walked away from Jesus because they thought that being a believer meant that they would never have to deal with trouble. So then when they had to deal with trouble, they didn't know what to do. But the beauty of the Christian life is not that God won't allow his children to experience trouble like everybody else. The beauty of our lives is that God does not allow trouble to affect us like it affects everybody else because he has promised that he will use the trouble of our lives as a part of his plan to make us better so that he can get the glory out of our lives as a matter of fact Paul Paul the same Paul who wrote this text wrote another letter called Romans and in Romans 8 chapter uh, chapter 8 verse 28 Paul says this and we know God help me that all things work together for the good of those who love God and are the called according to his purpose. God help me. You missed it. Paul says and we know that all things. God help me. Every little thing. God help me. You know you missed it. You missed it. Paul says in everything give thanks. The word for everything is a word called panta. Everybody say panta. Yeah. Panta means everything. And he uses that Greek word panta again in Romans 8 verse 28 because he says we know that all things, God help me, that word all things is Ponta again. So Paul says in Thessalonians chapter 5, 18, he says in everything give thanks. And then in Romans 8 chapter 28, he says everything is working together for your good. God help me, you missed it. This is something to shout about beloved because this is a promise from the almighty God that he is going to use the sad and hurtful and depressing situations of our lives. God help me. He's going to take them and use them to make us better. God is going to take the thing that was supposed to break you down and he's going to use it to build you up. God is going to take the pain that was supposed to pull you under and he's going to use it to make you rise above. God is going to take the situation that was supposed to make you quit and use it to make you bounce back. That's why the believer should be able to give God thanks in every situation because every situation God is using to make you better. God help me. Do me a favor now. Y'all don't look like y'all feel like having church but help me. Help somebody look at him and say neighbor oh God I know it doesn't look like it tell him I know it doesn't look like it but if it didn't kill you God is going to use it God help me oh God if God didn't kill you in it then he's going to bless you with it 
every bad situation. You might have to get a whooping for what you did, but he's going to use it to make you better. You might have to cry after he punishes you for doing something you ain't had no business doing, but he's not going to leave you in punishment. He's going to use it to bless you. And I think I've got some witnesses in the building who can look back over their life and look at the adversity that they had to go through and look at the trial and the tribulation that you had to deal with and look at all the pain that you had to have navigate and all the hell that you had to handle and you can say God you made me better God help me is there anybody here who can look at your pain and look at your problems and say God you could have pulled me out of it but I wouldn't have been as good as I am right now God you could have delivered me from it but I wouldn't be as anointed as I am right now because you do understand that the oil of the anointing God help me it is significant because it comes from the olive God help me the reason why it comes from the olive is because in order for you to get the oil from the olive you've got to crush it God help me oh Lord and God wants you to know that your anointing is valuable not because you're gifted but because it came from a crushing place oh God that's why I tell gifted people I mentor pastors and and ministry leaders all over the country and I tell them that your anointing is probably not in the area where you are gifted the most but your anointing is probably in the area while you're suffering the most that's why I like to have sick people pray for the healing of others that's why I like to have people who ain't got two nickels to rub together but God has been sustaining them to pray for other folk finances that's why Jesus when he was on the cross they laughed at him and said physician heal yourself because you're not going to have an anointing in the place where you're strong but you're going to have an anointing in the place where he crushed you and that's why you went through hell that's why you did all that stuff that's why God almost let that situation take you out he was crushing you because he wanted you to produce some oil so I can give God thanks in everything because Christ is with me somebody say with me in everything I can give God thanks in everything because Christ gives me victory somebody say victory over everything then lastly I can give God thanks because Christ uses everything to make me better somebody holler better yeah he, he's using it to make you better God help me so then so then so then I got to close now so then Paul says that the will of God for our lives is to be thankful in every situation yeah. this is impossible unless we remember that as long as we have Jesus, we've got something to thank God for. But I feel you pulling on me, Pastor. What do I do when I've got to navigate adversity? Yeah, yeah, when I have to deal with trial and tribulation and pain and persecution and heartache and headache and hell and high water. How do I give God thanks? When I feel like I'm losing my mind to depression and anxiety and I'm thinking about suicide because life has taken so much from me that I feel like it's no longer worth living. And my answer is simple. Even when life seems like it's taken so much from you, remember what you still have. Because no matter what you've lost, you've still got Jesus. God help me. And no matter what they take from you, God help me, 
They can't take you, Jesus. God, help me. Oh, God, life might try to take a whole bunch of things from you, beloved, but you better rejoice that you got a God that can't be taken away. God, help me. As a matter of fact, my, my grandmother used to sing a song, this joy that I have. Lord, help me. The world did not give it, and the world can't take it away. And is there anybody here who knows they can't take my Jesus? God, help me. I dare you to encourage your neighbor and say, no matter what life takes, God, help me. Oh, God, look at them and encourage them. You might be the only encouragement that they get this week. Look at somebody and tell them, neighbor, no matter what life takes from you, God, help me. It can't take you, Jesus. God, help me. They may take your money, Lord, help me, but they, may, but they can't take you, Jesus. They may take your car, but they can't take you, Jesus. They may take your job, but they can't take you, Jesus. They may take their friendship, but they can't take your Jesus. They may take their love away but they can't take your Jesus they may take the opportunity but they can't take your Jesus death may rob you of a loved one but it can't take your Jesus the doctor may rob you of your joy with a bad diagnosis but they can't take your Jesus and as long as I've got Jesus I've got something to thank God for is there anybody here who's glad that there's always something to praise God for because you've got Jesus and as long as I've got Jesus oh God I don't need anybody else oh my father used to tell us something he said sometimes son life will bring you to a place where it feels like God help me you don't have anything but Jesus they've taken your reputation they've taken your connections they've taken everything from you and it seems like all you've got is Jesus but my father said when you get down to the place where Jesus is all you have you're in a good place because you'll find out that Jesus is all you need and is there anybody here that's glad that when you got Jesus God help me turn your volume up Devon I'm ready now that you'll have everything that you need look at somebody and say I've lost a lot look at them and say neighbor I've lost a lot but I've still got Jesus and as long as I've got Jesus he's all I need